So, the halacha is that last night was the last night of lighting the menorah, and there's no mitzvah to light the menorah again tonight. And my daughter actually asked me last night, she knew that last night was the last night of lighting the, lighting the menorah, she says, is tomorrow cholamoid, you know, this yontev is cholamoid, so tomorrow cholamoid, the truth is, that today is not Cholomai, today is the most important day of Hanukkah, it's Zeus Hanukkah, we have the full power of Hanukkah. But it seems that tonight, we don't have a mitzvah to light the menorah, and the uh, of Han- and the power of Hanukkah is associated with the Yantav of Hanukkah, and now we're after that uh, experience, now we're over with Hanukkah. And the truth is, we can't say we're over with Hanukkah, I don't remember which one of the Rebbeim said it. I, I think it was Ebra Hashab, perhaps. I don't remember. Um, after Yantiv passed, one of the members of his family said, no, he said, another Yantiv has gone. And he said, another Yantiv has been added. It's not gone, it's added. And the difference, of course, is, is that the Yantiv never leaves. Every Yantiv has a impact on the rest of the year as well. Just like every Shabbos is once a year, we read that particular Shabbos because a neshama needs the each Shabbos to give the neshama what it needs for the entire year. So we we draw from Parshas Miketz's Shabbos for the entire year, and we draw from every yunter for the entire year. But from Hanukkah, there's more of an emphasis of of the impact of Hanukkah throughout the year. Every Yontif, it, it there's a time where it's physically celebrated, and there's a time when its spiritual impact uh, continues, although it's not physically celebrated anymore. Regarding Hanukkah, it says that when Aaron Akain uh, felt bad, that he was unable to offer the sacrifices in the Beis HaMikdash to inaugurate the Beis HaMikdash like everybody else, so he felt bad, and Hashem told him, uh, your portion is greater than everyone else. Because you light the menorah, and what you do will never stop. What's the meaning of it will never stop? So the simple meaning of this is that even after the um, the base of Migdash is destroyed, there is still the uh, impact of the menorah. The menorah is still lit during the time of exile as well, because we have the the power to light the menorah even in exile in the holiday of Hanukkah. The rest of the sacrifices and everything else that's done, there's a time that it's physically interrupted. But the light of the Menorah continues on forever. So on the surface, what the Ramban is saying is that we're able to light the Menorah during the time of exile as well. There's also a deeper meaning to what the Ramban is saying. The Ramban is also saying it's not only that we're able to light the Menorah during exile, he's also saying that the light of the Menorah never stops that there's something about light of menorah even after Hanukkah, throughout the year, that continues more than every other holiday. Every other holiday, there is a spiritual impact, but by Hanukkah, there's something unique. We're not going to go into the uh, unique status of Hanukkah versus other holidays right now, but suffice it to say that the Alter Rebbe says in Tanya that the name of something emphasizes its essence. So the name Hanukkah is an acronym for the words There are eight candles 
And the Allah is like Beis Hillel. There's an argument between Mesha and Beis Hillel whether we start on day one of Hanukkah and we light all eight candles, as Beis Shammai says, or we light one candle and we progressively add another candle every day of Hanukkah. So the name Hanukkah, as says in Avud Raham, is an acronym that we follow the opinion of Beis Hillel. So following the opinion of Beis Hillel means following the reasoning of the opinion of Beis Hillel. What does Beis Hillel say? Why should we begin with one candle and add more candles every day? There are many dimensions to this, um, to this opinion, but uh, one of them is that the Beis Hillel always goes by what is kinetic and practical and actual, versus Beis Shammai goes by what is in the potential. And that's why Beis Shammai says you should light all eight candles on day one because you have the potential on day one of Hanukkah for the eight-day miracle. Beis Hillel says we only have one day of the miracle celebrated right now because we only have one, one day to celebrate. Therefore, we, add, we have one candle on day one. But the Gemara says the overarching principle here in regarding the Hanukkah is not so much Beis Hillel's general theme of following um, the actual versus potential. It's also because Beis Hillel says, You're always supposed to ascend in holiness. Holiness has to always be some a, a, a trademark of holiness is, holiness has to always be ascending. If it's holy, it's ascending. And in the holy things, you have to always go higher and higher. As we're learning in the Allah this week about uh, the head fillin, you cannot take the straps of the head fillin and put them on the arm tefillin, because the head tefillin have a greater sanctity than the arm tefillin. So similarly... We cannot say that after Hanukkah is over, we merely have the same impact of the lights of the Meneira. We have to say that after Hanukkah is over, we have a greater light, a greater power than Hanukkah itself. Because Mylan Bakoidish is supposed to ascend in holiness. In a way, it's only following Hanukkah where we have the true expression of what Hanukkah is. Not only do we have something of Hanukkah, we have the expression of the essence of Hanukkah, specifically following Hanukkah. And why is that? This week, we read about the argument between Yosef and Yehuda over the fate of Benjamin. And on the surface, Yehuda is lower and Yosef is higher. Yosef is the king and Yehuda is seeking to protect the Yosef's um, agreement to free his brother Binyamin. Yosef is higher and Yehuda is lower. When Mashiach will come, it says in next week's Haftorah, Mashiach will come, Mashiach will come from the tribe of Yehuda, and the Jewish people will be ruled by Yehuda. Yosef and Yehuda, as the Alter Rebbe, the Mitl Rebbe, the Tzadik, all the Rebbeim explained that the, the energy of Yosef and the energy of Yehuda correspond to Yehuda is the power of submission, the power of obedience, the power of, of devoting ourselves to Hashem. Versus Yosef, the word Yosef, the word Yehuda comes from the word Heida, which means acknowledgement and submission. Versus Yosef comes from the word Hisafa to add, and that is associated with the power of Seichel, the power of intelligence, because intelligence breeds more intelligence. The more you know, the more you're able to learn more. And so the, the idea of addition 
is associated with Seichel. Seichel, intelligence and uh, and obedience, are also transferred in the world of the physical world to the inanimate and the power of growth. Yosef is associated with growth, as the name of Yosef means Hesafa edition, and Yehud is associated with the inanimate. Why does acknowledgement connect to the inanimate? Because just like the inanimate has no expression of life, so too the idea of obedience in comparison to uh, our feelings and our thoughts, where you have expression of your soul, obedience is where you ignore how you think and feel and just follow what you're told. It's, it's a rock-like, steadfast devotion to Hashem. <clears throat> and in our world, the, the vegetation is higher than the inanimate. The inanimate is considered to be lower. The inanimate in Hebrew, doime, means it's silent. And semeach is something where you could see a godly power and godly energy in it. So semeach is higher than daimon. Yosef is higher than Yehuda. <clears throat> Yehuda, obedience, is something which is looked at, is perceived as something which is a lower faculty. Converting your character and making your character something godly is something that is looked at as more of an ideal than just pure faith and obedience. That's how it is in our world. But when Mashiach will come, it says in Hayom Yom, we will see the power and the majesty of simple faith in Hashem. The mobile temple, the Mishkan, that traveled with us in the desert had both the inanimate in it and it had also the vegetation and animal as well. The uh, roof of the temple, of the mobile temple, the Mishkan, was made from animal. The walls was animal height. The walls were made from vegetation. And the earth was made from earth. So the Beis HaMikdash, on the other hand, it was made prim- <coughs> primarily from stone, from the inanimate. Why is that? Because Hashem's intent in creating the world is, 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 is intent is to have a home in the lowest realm. And where is the uh, lowest of the lowest realm? The lowest of the lowest realm is the inanimate. So the Beis HaMikdash, which is a place where the inanimate is sanctified, is an expression of God's deepest desire being satisfied. Hashem wants a home in the inanimate, and that you see in the Beis HaMikdash. Although in the Beis HaMikdash there were also uh, supporting beams, but the supporting beams made of wood were just supporting beams. The Beis HaMikdash was entirely of stone. But the Mishkan doesn't have that much inanimate in it, because the Mishkan was only a temporary dwelling for Hashem. Since it was a temporary dwelling, you don't see highlighted and emphasized Hashem's goal in creation, Hashem wants there to be a home in the lowest realm. But the question is, the Mishkan did have inanimate in it as well. There was inanimate, inanimate sanctified in the Mishkan as well. So why are we saying that this idea of a home for Hashem in the lowest realm is only realized in the Beis HaMikdash and not in the Mishkan? In the Mishkan there's also inanimate as well, which is sanctified. As we see the halacha is regarding a, a sota, a woman who is suspect of being unfaithful to her husband, the Torah says, you should take from the earth of the Mishkan and 
that it was used for this process because the earth of the Mishkan is also sanctified. So we do see Hashem has his deepest desire being satisfied in the Mishkan as well. So why are we saying that it's specifically in the Beis HaMikdash and only in the Beis HaMikdash where Hashem's desire is realized, that's called a permanent home for Hashem, and that's why it's made entirely of stone. We see earth, in the, what's the difference if it's entirely or partially? You also have earth being sanctified in the Mishkan as well. So the answer is like this. In this idea, which is this is very um, uh, relevant to the Mimer that we're just studying, in this idea of making a home for Hashem in the lowest realm, there are two ways to look at it. There are two ways to look at why Hashem wants a home in the lowest realm. What's the, what's the angle? What's the, what's the objective and having a home in the lowest realm. What, what, what does that accomplish? A teacher who is gifted and is able to convey an idea to a student who is not so gifted the te- is, is a greater teacher. You see the greatness of the teacher by the spectrum of the kind of students he could relay the information to. The lower the student, the more you see the greatness of the teacher. So one way of looking at Hashem's desire to have a home in the lowest realm is to express Hashem's infinite light. Where do you see the power of Hashem's infinite light? Where can you see Hashem's light is truly infinite? Not when it reaches only the world of Atzilus, not when it reaches the higher world, not when it reaches Bria, but when the, the, the infinite light of Hashem is 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 illuminates and into the, our world and in our world itself in the lowest parts of our world there you see the truly infinite power of Hashem's light where do you see the greatest light when it reaches the farthest and lowest place so the Mishkan was the Mishkan was fulfilling a God's intent in having a home in the lowest realm in that sense in expressing God's infinite power and that's why in the Mishkan there was a hierarchy. There was the, the walls were made of the vegetation, the roof was made of animal, and the floor was made of the inanimate, emphasizing how Hashem's infinite light is reaching further and further down until it reaches this lowest realm. And, how, and, and there is a higher expression of God's infinity as it reaches a lower and lower place. So there is something of God's intent and in having a home in the lowest realm that is accomplished by the Mishkan. It emphasizes how if Hashem's intent in having a home in the lowest realm is about expressing His infinite power, so then, yes, the Mishkan accomplishes that. But let's say the goal over here wasn't for, to, to talk about the teacher. Let's say the goal was to talk about the student. If the goal is about the student, then there's a diff- then there's an entire different emphasis. It's not about how great the teacher is. It's about what happens to the student. It's not about what the teacher can give. It's what, what the student has received. So the Beis HaMikdash fulfills God's intent of having a home in the lowest realm from a completely different angle. God wants a home in the lowest realm because God wants a home in the lowest realm. He wants the lowest realm. Although from our eyes, in our lens, this is the lowest realm. This is the place where godliness is the most hidden. But God says, that's the most important place for me. That is where I am most at home. 
That's what satisfies me the most. I really, what I want is a home in the lowest realm. So the Beis Hamikdash, which is primarily made out of stone, the Beis Hamikdash is is an expression of Hashem's deepest desire being fulfilled. It's about the inanimate. It's not about God's expression of infinity. It's about God's achieving His goal of having something happen here in the inanimate. The inanimate itself, the lowest thing itself, becomes a home for Hashem. So what does that have to do with Hanukkah and the days after Hanukkah? Hanukkah, we have the candles shining. The light is shining. The light is impacting. The light is impacting the street. But it's about the light impacting the street. The light is still shining. Since the light is still shining, it's kind of like the Mishkan, where there's an infinite light of Hashem, and it's reaching farther and farther, till it reaches the inanimate. The light of the Meneira, as we learned, is specifically lit in the, at nighttime, and specifically lit on the outside. It's lit in a, in a dark place, and it's lit in a cold place. As opposed to light the Beis HaMikdash, which is lit during the daytime, and lit in a luminous place in the Beis HaMikdash, the light of the Meneira is about impacting the darkness, impacting the cold. Yeah. But there's still something that is lacking in the light of the Meneira. The light of the Meneira is accomplishing something with its light that it's shining. It's, it's, you see something similar to the Mishkan, where God's infinite light is reaching the lowest realms. God's Mishkan, in a way, resembles the, uh, the light of the Meneira in the sense that there's an infinite light of Hashem that's reaching a far place. But after Hanukkah, when there aren't any physical lights the Meneira being lit, it's the day after. And the Yid is still causing Hashem's light to be brought into the lowest realm. What does that mean? That, that means that the, there is a home in the world, that the world itself, as it is the world itself, is becoming a home for Hashem. Now, I know in the Mimer that we're just learning, we're learning the, the, how the light of the Meneira is at the, the inner dimension of Atik, and the inner dimension of Atik means that everywhere is a place for Hashem. But it's not a contradiction. The, the light of the Meneira is accomplishing something. That's still, you still feel that there's a light of the Meneira doing that. The ultimate, the, the ultimate expression of the light of the Meneira accomplishing that is when it's the day after Hanukkah. When it's not, when you're not lighting a Meneira, and it's the it's and you're still doing that anyways. It's not a holy yontiv dika day. It's not a special day. It's not a it's not a yontiv dika day, and yet you're still making that that place a home for Hashem. That's that's milam akoyish. That that is Hanukkah two point and this is connected as well with uh, the the passage of the Talmud, which says. The one Mashiach will come, all shuls will be brought to the Beis HaMikdash. Every synagogue in the world will be brought to the Beis HaMikdash. That's, that's shuls. What about homes? One of my children got really scared for a long time. You've got to be very careful. You say to children, I was telling my child, you know, Mashiach will come. The Rebbe says, not only the shuls, but every Jewish house will also be lifted up and brought to Yerushalayim with Mashiach. Tati. When is Mashiach coming? <laughs> they, got, they were scared. You know, the house had been lifted up. and Whoa. But it, the Rebbe did say that. The Rebbe said Mashiach will come not only the synagogues, but also the homes will be lifted up. 
Rebbe said that Beis Hamikdash has to be not just Beis Hamikdash, but the third Beis Hamikdash has to be the center of our lives. The center of our lives is that we're now we're we're trying to it's not an exercise of 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 soul bonding with Hashem only. It's not about our expression, our connection to Hashem. We want that the Mashiach should come and the world should be a home for Hashem. And our efforts, therefore, have to be about making the world itself a godly place. So starting off with the home, the home itself has to be a godly place so that the home should be noticeable. The Rebbe says, this is a place where people daven. Yeah, you're supposed to daven in Shul and daven with the Minyan, but there are various prayers that you say at home as well. And it should be noticeable in the home that this is a place where you, where you daven. This is, this, is, this, is, this is, there's a siddur here, this is where I stand, this is my shtender, or, or whatever you need to daven, this is, this is a place to daven. The home is a place to daven as well. A home has to be a place where you learn Torah. There's, there's books there, there's where you learn Torah, this is where you sit and learn. And a home has to be a place of kindness. A home has to be a place where, that not just kindness is done there, but the home is a place of kindness. As the Rebbe said that in a kitchen, there should be a, a, a pushka, a box, not just uh, there, but should be attached to the wall. As one woman uh, passed by the Rebbe by dollars, and the Rebbe told her, not next to the wall, attached to the wall. That was exactly her scenario in her kitchen. She had a pushka that was next to the wall, not attached to the wall. The idea of making the pushka attached to the wall is that it's, it's supposed to be that the home itself is a place of kindness. This is a place of kindness. This is part of the structure of the home. So this is what Hanukkah is. That there is the home itself becomes a place for Hashem. It's not only that there's a light that reaches the home, that you're also learning and diving and doing kindness in the home, but it's a place where kindness emanates from. It's a place where Torah emanates from. It's a place where Torah study emanates from. And this is satisfying Hashem's desire for a home in the lowest realm more than in the synagogue. In the synagogue, it's already built to be a place for holiness. So it's, so it's sort of natural that that's a place for Hashem. You don't see Hashem's real desire of having a home in the lowest realm in any other place than in your own home. When you take your home and you make your home a place for Hashem, that is the deepest satisfaction of Hashem in having a home in the lowest realm. And that's why when Mashiach will come, Every, not just the synagogue, as the Rebbe says, every home will be also brought there because that's the whole point of creation. He had the Yiddish Shtub, the Rebbe said, Hashem will stop by every Jewish, sorry, the Rebbe said, Mashiach will stop by every Jewish home and bring every Jewish home to Yerushalayim to face Amigdash. So this is the call of the hour, actually not the hour, now on Zeis Hanukkah, we still have the light of Hanukkah in full force today, but the power of the days following Hanukkah is that the Beis HaMikdash, making the world itself a place for Hashem. Not just about bringing the light to a place from the, from the Menorah, but ca- calling from the world itself, making the world itself a place for Hashem. And that's, that's what I wanted to share today. Any questions or comments or criticism? All right. How, how, come, we're, how come we're ending four minutes early? make up for all those days we go five minutes over <laughs> if you have another question we could use up those four minutes you really answer all the questions today. okay okay great Paul's, Paul's muted but he's asking a really important question 
the, 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 if, if there aren't any questions, we're not challenging ourselves. You know, there's the, the only growth is only when you when you uh, try to go from you know total wimp, and you think you're going to too far, and you go towards too far from total wimp, and you're not comfortable. Everyone has a certain amount of like how far they're willing to go. When you challenge yourself, you ask the question: Should I go further? Should I make even this place home for Hashem? Should I do something here too? That's 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 where the growth that's where the growth happens. That's that's where Milam Bakodesh ascending and holiness happens. We we you. You go the extra mile. All right, good Yantiv. Yes, Dr. Resman. I missed one question. The difference between atik and another word that sounds like it, but was slightly different. Arach. Arach, yes. Arach and atik. No, Dr. Resman, the Mittler Rebbe, this is very consistent to what we're uh, discussing today. The Mittler Rebbe said that he wants when Hasidim should meet in the street, they should talk about arach and atik. When they meet in the street, that's what they should be talking about. That should be something on their minds. They should be talking about Arach and Atik. Hey, Dr. Bresson, what's Maxtu? Baruch Hashem, tell me again about Arach and Atik. That's, that, that's, that's the, the idea of the, the power of the Meneira. In Main Street USA, in the world, he thinks about and is conscious of and brings Arach and Atik. Wherever, wherever we are. Have a great Yonta, Dr. Bresson, Yonta Michal Mordechai, Yonta Nachaman, Yonta Yonatan, Yonta David, Yonta Zev, Yonta Rebero. Okay, Arach means desire. God's desire for creation. Within desire for creation, there's God's pleasure in creation. That's Atik. So Arich is desire, Atik is pleasure. Got it.